Welcome to the Emerging Women Podcast, where we hear from brilliant women leaders creating big change in the world. I'm Chantal Pirat, your host, and today my guest is Sanatam Kar. Before we start our conversation with today's guest, I want to make sure that you know how to get more support from Emerging Women. If you head over to EmergingWomen.com, you'll find some amazing resources, including a free trial of our membership community. This is the place to learn from trailblazing thought leaders, industry experts, coaches, and mentors, all focused on helping you live the truth of who you are. You'll be joining a group of amazing women like you who want change for themselves and the world. And I personally lead our monthly Circle Up video calls where we all come together to work through our edges in leadership and life. Don't go it alone, sisters. Check out EmergingWomen.com and sign up for your free trial today. Sanatam is a musician and a spiritual teacher who transforms traditional Sikh chants of India into nectar for the soul. She is a yogi, author, and teacher. Her 2016 book entitled Original Light, The Morning Practice of Kundalini Yoga encourages women to create a personal daily spiritual practice. Sanatam was raised in the Sikh and Kundalini Yoga tradition with revered spiritual teacher Yogi Bhajan. She has taught and shared Nad Yoga and Kundalini Yoga and meditation through her concerts, recorded music, and workshops for the past 20 years, and she has the voice of literally an angel. She works to give us all the tools for a daily experience of inner peace. In today's episode, Sanatam and I spoke about the one question every woman must ask themselves today the importance for women of a daily spiritual practice, the connection between our body, mind, and soul, healing worry and stress with sacred recitation, yoga, and chanting, and a woman's need for a daily experience of self-love and self-care, especially in these stressful contemporary times. Here is my conversation, Original Light with Sanatam Kaur. I guarantee you will feel at peace. Hello there, Sanatam Kar. Welcome to the Emerging Women audience and podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Chantal. It's an honor, a personal honor of mine I'm holding in my hands your book which you published a couple years ago I think is it two years now original light it's a yeah that's about right it's about <laughs> hard to believe right and I have the the hardcover and have done some practices and I you know every time I pick up the book somehow I feel like I'm getting a transmission <laughs> of sorts from it. So I just, I just, I love that you are a singer and a channel for more than, than we probably possibly know. And that your vehicle for transmitting is not only through song, but also as a teacher and a practitioner and a mother and I mean, just a citizen, honestly. So thank you for the work that you do. 
You're welcome. I think I think every uh, woman who is, you know, consciously working towards keeping her heart open and and uh, living in consciousness and truth should should get a nice thank you, just like you <laughs> you gave me. Oh yeah, right. I mean, it's we are. We got to thank each other for sure. We do. <laughs> We do. And I'll tell you, even in my darkest juggling days, and I'm not saying that they're over, but when I've been filled with chaos and self-doubt and, you know, juggling the business and motherhood. And I mean, let's not forget, you know, if you're in a relationship, it's been so lovely to just put on some of your music and allow that work to be done without effort and just let it soak in. So you've, you know, personally have helped me through some dark times, sister, some really dark times. So thank you. Um, I would love to hear, and I know that our audience would love to hear a bit of your background and how you came to, singing as one of your vehicles and what that was like. And I know you grew up with at the feet of Yogi Bhajan. And um, if you could tell us a little bit about that and how it came to you that this was actually your soul's, at least one of your soul's callings. Yeah, well, uh, I'll just take a moment to kind of pause there because I've actually answered that question a lot of times, as you might imagine. Um, But um, but as my work is deepening, um, I'm wanting to have more clarity about how I actually got to, to where I am. So I, the, uh, the work started for me in the, um, experience of chanting these sacred chants, which come from the Sikh tradition. Of course, Yogi Bhajan as you mentioned, uh, as my spiritual teacher, uh, incorporated many of these chants um, into the teachings of Kundalini Yoga and made it very clear to us and through his teachings that this is for people of all traditions. Uh, but nevertheless, the, the Sikh chants mainly got incorporated along with others from other traditions. Um, and my experience in chanting these chants gave me um, very clear uh, healing, uh, relief from worry, relief from stress. Um, and I I came about it when I was uh, young. My my parents actually in the, were in the process of getting a divorce, which was a very stressful time. And I turned to chanting then, mm. uh, which was a huge thing. And I just remember chanting every night for that sense of comfort, and, and it would work. Um, and then as a teenager, um, chanting to work through those issues of being a teenager and and so on into my young adult life. And now I guess I'm 45 and 
it's very real for me. Um, to to the to the degree that um, that uh, my it's a part of our family life. It's just what we do. We we chant together. So it's not this kind of thing that I'm doing off of my own or or or, or something. Um, uh, because I feel that it, it it's so valuable um, that I've done everything possible. Unfortunately, I'm married to um, a guy who also feels that way too, and and we're able to create that environment for our daughter. Um, but back to your original question, um, I experienced the healing power of these sacred chants, and then I have the opportunity to share them with other people um, so that they could have that healing experience too. And that's really the bottom line um, of how this whole thing got started. Now, there's, of course, a lot of um, ins and outs, nuts and downs with all of that. Mm-hmm. But that's the case for. And so let's dive in a little deeper because on one hand, there are the chants and the music and it's so beautiful and it's just so feminine. I love that it's so feminine and I'm not saying anything. I mean, I've done, you know, I, I was in the Buddhist tradition for a while and, you know, and now for the last 20 years, I myself have had a, um, a teacher in the sort of Sikh yogic tradition as well. And even so never I've never felt so connected to the feminine as I have when I'm immersed in the chanting within the kundalini yoga tradition and I just find that fascinating because Yogi Bhajan was a guy and yet it just the, the practices just feel so feminine so I'm curious also you know as a, as a woman as a as a teacher capital T, small t. I'm not sure how you relate to that. I'm going to give it the capital T from my end. I, I'm just curious to see how that relationship with, with the practice being feminine has evolved for you over time, or, or do you even look at it in that light? Mm, that's a really good question. The, um, the practice for me is is honoring of both really um i think that perhaps in our current day culture there's such a lack of um basic respect and uh, lack of training for women to experience self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, and care. And um, that it can feel that, um, that, that, uh, you know, it can, it's an, it's an uplift from that, from that situation that mm-hmm. we're all a part of mm-hmm. and can be, you know, um, transformed energetically through just one chance, through just one experience. And, and that transformation is, 
it's not um it's not something that just kind of comes today and then is out tomorrow um it's it's on a subtle level that 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 transformation happens and and it can't be taken back can't be returned or Hmm. um renegotiated um and uh you know yogi bhajan spent a lot of time sharing these teachings with women sharing specific teachings uh for just women um and, and and there's also teachings for men though as well um and he uh i don't know i feel that um, you know if i look if i look at my my husband who practices kundalini yoga and is really immersed into it um and he's he's a super guys guy you know he he um you know, likes uh, likes dogs and makes certain kind of funny guy sounds, and you know, he, <laughs> he his way of doing things is definitely a guy. Um, but he is um, he embodies this also this feminine energy, and uh, because I feel that um, I feel that within the Kundalini yoga tradition and then for that matter, for any spiritual tradition where we sit and we take a moment to breathe and be still that we're tapping into that feminine quality of, of, of stillness and of emptiness. Um, Mm. And uh, it's definitely not confined to me to one, one tradition or, or another. Um, Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello, lovely listeners. I want to pause for a moment here to make sure that you know how you can get even more access to this type of inspiration and support. Emerging Women has its own membership community where you get teachings from incredible female leaders and coaching support directly from me, as well as other brilliant members within the Emerging Women Tribe every month. If you are ready to go deeper into your own leadership and emerging journey, head over to EmergingWomen.com for a free trial of our membership community. We've truly designed it as a hub for women like you who want to create change in the world. Don't go it alone, sisters. Head over to EmergingWomen.com forward slash membership and start your free trial today. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Yes, and you know, you we talked a little bit as we were getting ready for the podcast. One of the things that really intrigues me about this tradition, specifically Kundalini, and I love how you were saying it's you have made several references to the practice being sort of above a tradition, or not above meaning in a hierarchy, but beyond tradition. And I really, really appreciate that because you're emphasizing the fact that you practice this and it works. It really doesn't matter that it's in this package of 
kundalini quote unquote or the fact is that it you practice it and it works the vibrations are working at a very subtle level you can't take it back and it's beyond sort of our conceptual mind yeah and you you know i just i so appreciate that's my relationship with it you know i know it's steeped with there's some traditions and culture around it, but the fact of the matter is here I come into the studio, I'm doing some of these practices and I leave and I'm like, this is actually where it feels like almost like, like a technology or a science or rather than something that's laden with years of history and, you know, cultural norms and things like that. So given that, I think there's a real opportunity to, to understand it and to let it go places outside of the spiritual community and into, you know, I know our audience, some of our audience is just pure business, you know, women's leadership. And we are presenting our solutions, a strong word, but our approach to women's leadership to have a strong spiritual and consciousness component to it. And yet that's why I'm attracted to what you're saying. It doesn't, you know, it's not like Muslim or, you know, it doesn't have this religious side to it. And it works. But what you said was really interesting that women have a hard time or have been sort of socialized out of self-care and self-love and self-acceptance. I'm taking it a little further, your tiny comment there. And how does, how does this perspective or how do these practices and what's the opportunity through this work for specifically that, for women? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, with, with the daily spiritual practice, uh, we're given, um, we're, we, we're given the opportunity to, to, set the frequency of the vibration of our bodies, of our minds, uh, to be in harmony with the soul. And um, with the practice that that I present in Original Light, which includes uh, sacred recitation, um, yoga, and chanting, um, it it just works foolproof, like you said, for science. um, there is, of course, you know, bringing your your awareness to the practice, and you know, you don't want to just kind of do things um, out of ritual or obligation or guilt or all of those things. Those things don't really work. Um, there is a an amalgamation of um, actual inner desire to to connect with spirit. Um, that's needed. And then, uh, you know, once we, once we connect with spirit, uh, and we have that frequency, that vibration, um, at the start of the day, this book is all about, you know, starting your day off this way. You know, some people kind of roll out of bed and, um, have a brush your teeth and have a cup of coffee and head to work. Um, so what this book presents is changing that and giving yourself um, half hour to an hour of time in the morning before you head out. Um, and the 
the potential for um, success um, for uh, in in your work life, in your family life, in um, everything that you do, from my experience, uh, increases um, ten million fold um, by having this practice already established. And it's really important for women, I feel, to to have a daily spiritual practice because um, as my spiritual teacher taught and I and as I've experienced in my own life, the woman is the container of the of the um, environment, the container of the family, uh, the container of the business, the container of whatever it is. And Yogi Bhajan used to have fun with that. He said that the man, M-A-N, is contained within the woman. <laughs> W O M A N, and mm. and just in that same way, the woman's psyche, uh, the woman's psyche, um, in its natural sense, will contain the man, will contain the situation, and it's not that you're blocking the situation or you're holding somebody back, but you're you're providing in that sense. Uh, security. Um, you're providing um, all is well. Everything's okay. Um, in that same way that the baby is inside the womb, um, that sense of holding. Uh, and the man uh, naturally looks to the woman to provide this sense of security. Of course, there's the 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 man that has been traumatized and and has a number of illnesses, mental and otherwise, that um, prevent him from um, from his natural, uh, from acting in his natural sense or listening to that natural sense. But there is still a part of every man, even if he's, he's totally screwed up, that's still in frequency with that natural sense of being, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is which is that the woman contains. Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at all of that, and then um, you take a woman a woman's day, and she she hops out of bed, she has her coffee, she goes to work. Um, Nine thirty, she freaks out um, uh, to her co coworker. Ten thirty, um, she's crazy, and um, you know her her friend her friend can't stand being around her and. 12.30, she, um, you know, has a, has lunch, but then also piles on a piece of chocolate cake and then feels terrible about herself. And 1.30, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Um, whereas if you have, if the woman has a spiritual practice and she, she has that foundation, uh, then her vibration and her frequency is in tune with her soul. And it and it really does work. Um, somebody proposes proposes an idea, and um, instead of going with the desire, the um, emotional energy, which can all be very cloudy, um, getting someone's approval, getting um, making um, money, but it's not really uh, connected with your inner truth or a sense of 
justice or a project you're not really interested in doing, but you're doing it anyway, or all of these things, if we have the capacity to tap into our soul frequency first and throughout the experience, um, then we're able to stay in alignment with that um, soul purpose. And then in connection to the man, whether it be a significant other or in a work environment, um, we we provide a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, Yogi Bhajan said, you know, what are you, what are you women trying to do? Trying to like be like a man, trying to look like a man, trying to talk like a man. All of you said, no, just recognize who you are. And if you recognize who you are, you'll realize you have so much power, so much grace, so much, um, you don't have to get into this whole comparison game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can hold the space of security uh, for, uh, for the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment that you freak out, the moment that you go to your insanity or your emotional or um, craziness, then, then the man doubly freaks out because his, his sense of security goes down the drain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a basic, uh, basic foundational understanding um, the yoga practice has to offer um, to women so they can be in their power, which is essentially just being balanced and mm-hmm. being in, a, in grace. See? So there's, you know, there's nothing else that you owe to anyone. Um, you owe everything just to your grace, keeping your grace. That's the bottom line. So the, the daily spiritual practice will give you that opportunity to start off your day in a graceful pattern, a graceful mode. And then um, through the frequency of the chanting that comes into your, your mind and your body, uh, you know, as we chant, we're affecting our bodies on a very uh, water-to-water basis um, frequency and also affecting our glandular system and nervous system. So we're affecting our frequency and vibration. So you do your chanting practice in the morning and then throughout the day, people are, are like, wow, you're, you're so calm. You're, I feel so calm around you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this sense of, Ah, ease or just like, oh, thank God, you know, somebody who's not crazy, somebody who's calm, somebody who's not like themselves, who's because our normal state, our normal state is that the bottom line is the soul. Mm-hmm. That's our normal. Normal is not um, the insanity of the mind. Normal is the frequency and the vibration of the soul. That is that's what we come into this earth with and what we leave with. Mm. So this is about getting back to that state mm-hmm. of normalcy of connection and then living your life from there. Your words will emanate from that place. Your, your thoughts will emanate from that place and your actions will emanate from that place. There's just, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just no way around it. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, would much prefer to just live in the the normalcy of the mind, the insanity, and and kind of 
live like live like that because it's easier. We're we're used to it. Um, it's kind of the the normal pattern, and it's a little bit scary, you know, to change I, that. I think it's coming to a head. Honestly, I think that the you talk about nervous systems. I mean, the especially women. You know, I think that the feminine would like to nurture the earth and the feminine in all of us, I just feel is completely suppressed. I mean, when you say our job is to nurture, I feel like that's all I want to do. But yet that seems to be rejected right now by, you know, millennia of, you know, thousands of years you know, that for some reason has just been trampled on. It hasn't been revered in the way that <laughs> the yogis have revered it. Or, And so out in the world, when people aren't doing this practice, or maybe some of us are and some of us aren't, people, you know, are exalting things like power and, um, well, not that power, power can be, you know, both, but meaning more like an older paradigm of success, which is hierarchical and power over somebody. And, um, and it just feels that the nurturing, that, that thing that you're talking about, which is at the core of, of the feminine is not valued. And so I find that the reason that we as a species, so to speak, uh, women as a species have taken on these roles of men is because we're trying to fit in and make a difference in the world. And it seems like this is the only thing that's respected out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're getting fried. We're getting fried more than, I mean, everyone's fried right now, men, women all over. But I think women are particularly fried because you know, we're going home, but nurturing isn't just holding the space energetically of calm, loving. It's also getting dinner on the table after you've worked for eight hours and, you know, organizing the dentist appointments and like basically juggling 85% of the logistics. And in addition to, you know, holding down a job and, you know, talk about a fried nervous system. I think the world in general has its nervous system fried and, you know, this, we're longing for that nurturing. I feel it in myself. I'm longing to nurture more and I'm longing for the nurturing in myself. I feel that longing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, with the practice, with a, with incorporating a practice, um, into your life, uh, from that place of having a fried nervous system, um, what I found is, uh, you know, kind of the, um, you have to start, um, with what you can, what you can manage, what you can do. So, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm talking with people in my classes about, um, you know, starting a daily practice, um, um, I'll usually go to, you know, creating um, creating a practice that you can manage, but but actually starting off first by figuring out what your bottom line is, like what what do you need to to not lose it? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, great question. You know, <laughs> to not lose it. And um, for me, when I uh, I had just 
I just had my daughter and my husband and I were um, traveling around the country because my music career had just really taken off and Mm -hmm. uh, we were still in the process of of building all of that and uh, so we we kept we kept up and kept going on the road Um, but it was it was really challenging Um, and I kind of you know, uh, my spiritual practice kind of went down the tubes and uh, along with just how I was feeling about myself. And um, mm-hmm. I actually spoke with a mentor uh, one day and she asked me one of the most important questions in my life, which I just asked you is, you know, what's your, what's your bottom line? What do you need so you don't lose it? Um, and it was interesting because I, I closed my eyes and I knew right away that I needed, I needed a half hour of yoga every day. Otherwise I would lose it mm-hmm. <laughs> at that particular moment in time. And, um, so I, you know, I told her, I said that that's what I need, but there's no way that I can figure out how to do that. We're, we're, we're driving in an RV. I don't have a place to practice my yoga. My daughter's waking up at night. I, you know, went on and on. And she just, she just, put her foot down. It was a phone conversation, but energetically she put her foot down and said, you got to figure out a way to get that in. And um, that's where the inspiration for this book started because I did figure out a way. I was doing yoga on the bed with my, my daughter uh, sleeping right next to me. And, uh, you know, it didn't wake her up and all the things that I was worried about and, and then I was able to, from that place of doing my yoga, I was able to maintain my energy. And, and from that place of maintaining my energy, then day by day, I uh, was able to make choices. Um, we make choices. We make very clear choices uh, about what we do and how we spend our time, uh, who we work for, what we eat. It's all a series of choices. Nobody is locked in to one thing or another. It's all a series of choices. So the the idea is that with this daily spiritual practice, you change that that vibratory frequency underlying all of your choices that you make. So that 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 next choice that you make is more in alignment and more supportive of that soul connection. Mm. And it works. It mm-hmm. works like clockwork. Like uh, clockwork. I totally, yeah. I know, like sometimes I'll just take one of the things, like I love the victory, the Wahe Guru, Wahe Jo, you know, like a little quickie, like it doesn't, like just from a lay person over here, um, and I know you're kind of a half an hour a day, that could be lay, lay person's practice, but sometimes I have five minutes, you know, and I'll do just a quick little something, and I notice it, like you said, like clockwork. It's amazing how quickly it works on the body. Yeah, yeah. You have to start somewhere, and it's true. If you do, if you have the intention, uh, a five-minute practice can be really powerful. Um, but you know, I think that um, I think that we well. Hopefully it'd get longer than five minutes on a regular basis. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not making an excuse. Like, I hear you. And and there's lots of things. Like, sometimes I'll do a 40, you know, I'll set myself for two weeks, I'm going to do this. Or 
Of course. Yeah. Five minutes is, is, you know, not enough to really do the work on the nervous system. But that question of the bottom line is really interesting and could be applied to a lot of things. <laughs> but, um, but that's super helpful. Now, let me, let me ask you something as somebody who, like you alluded to, you're in both worlds, you know, you're managing a music career, you're actually teaching Kundalini now on a, you know, for the last couple of years on a different level, not just through song and not just through your music. And, and you are, you know, juggling, not just as a business owner, I'm going to call you a business owner, a business person, you know, motherhood and traveling a lot and your relationship. What have you personally, here's some, here's somebody, you know, you've done a lot of spiritual practice, even though you may have had times where it's been reduced, like you are steeped in it. I'm just curious to see if, if you have been brought to your edge and like, what, what are you working with now in your life as like the new frontier of what you as a woman are emerging into and a teacher and a channel? And, you know, you represent a lot of different things to people. You're inspiring and you are opening up souls. You're helping people realize the importance of their soul being rather than their mind, you know, how they exist through the mind. And that's, that's big work. That's big work. So I'm curious to see how now the book's been out and, you know, I know you were just on tour. What, what does it look like for you as a woman leader in this, in this world? Yeah, well, it's, um, I feel really blessed being, uh, you know, I'm 45 now. Um, and I've been on the road in earnest since 2004, mm-hmm. um, giving concerts and, um, and I was just reflecting this morning about my process with the concerts. Um, because, you know, when we first started out, it was super exciting and we were giving these chant concerts and people were seeming to enjoy it and, and the energy was good. And then um, I went through my own process after about 10 years of like, oh my gosh, um, you know, I need to, I need to change things up. I need to do things differently. I need to, um, you know, cause people have been seeing the same thing over and over. <laughs> it must be getting bored with it. Um, and uh, it wasn't that I, my wise self didn't think that mm-hmm. my wise self knew deeper than that, but I'm just sharing with you my process, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of the little thoughts that would percolate here and there like, Oh God, you know? Um, and it was just, it was just about, a, it's about two years ago. Um, I kind of had this epiphany in that, um, that the chance that we that we had to offer uh were so healing the energy that we were giving because of those chants um was pure enough that that people were having a healing experience 
um, and that I didn't have to come up with a gimmick or Mm -hmm. come up with something new or something cool or um, that that was actually enough, Uh, almost like um, in the same way that somebody would go to a acupuncturist (laughs) and have the needle stuck in them at certain specific points, um, that the chance had that same effect and that I needed to just put the needles in the right places or sing in the right rhythm um, and serve this energy so people could experience that healing. Um, And I think for me, um, a lot of that had to do with believing the power, having faith in the power of the healing of those chants. Um, and it just totally shifted everything for me, um, mm-hmm. where I don't feel like I have to kind of prove something. I feel more in a sense of, in my own, own sense and feeling of feminine, um, that I'm, I'm here to serve people and to give, um, and to teach, um, this vibration. And so now as things are evolving, um, you know, I'm realizing that, um, these chants that I've had the blessing to share, um, these chants really do have a potent healing energy and, and it's my, uh, inspiration, my job, my role, whatever, um, for me, the next step is to, uh, to teach, to be able to teach people so that they can, um, uh, serve and carry these chants of, as, as, as I have, um, cause I feel that, that, um, you know, the time, the time has come, you know, for, for, um, this technology to be available to mm-hmm. people. Um, and so in order to kind of get to that place of, uh, creating more space for teaching, I'm realizing how much um, how much that power of choice is in terms of choosing what I do with my time. And um, I'm sure that many women have experienced this who kind of have shifts in their goals. And 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 um, you know, as as opportunities come in that don't quite resonate, how do you say no? And and as 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 uh, feelings come up from within to do do something in particular that that is in alignment with this soul calling you know how do you how do you follow that and you know for me it, i'm I'm going back to the daily practice um, it also really um, realizing that I have to bring that that sense of consciousness and daily practice into uh, my my choices now. Uh, to, to be able to, to teach more. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you're taking this direction. I feel like I've, you know, even when I was at Sounds True, we had been talking about this, you know, with regard to you and your work and like, and it was just so exciting to do the book and to have that, you know, work out there. And, um, and but here's the question I have, like especially in terms of the guru student relationship. And um, again, I said that I've I've had a teacher, and you know I 
personally am sort of evolving my relationship with that. So on one hand, I think it's wonderful, right, to have had that experience where you can truly surrender and you can truly feel devotion when you have a teacher, um, a teacher where you can just, you know, really give that you trust and you can give everything to. And here you are now evolving out of like one of the greatest, you know, examples of guru teacher relationship and, you know, a very famous guru and a very well-respected one. And now you're sort of becoming a teacher. And I'm curious to see how that feels for you. And, and, you know, is there something happening in the world? This is my, my kind of freak evolutionary consciousness perspective, where I feel that, that we're evolving in consciousness as a species, that there, there's a way in which we can access, you know, our inner guru, and we don't necessarily need that level of transmission. Or I know the tradition is that gurus take on your karmas and, What's your view on that? You know, because it does definitely, again, it's that question of is spirituality and is consciousness also having a feminine revival, so to speak? So it's not necessarily guru student and that there's something else possible. Well, yeah, you know, I, uh, Yogi Bhajan is not my guru. Oh. Um, no, he's my spiritual teacher, but. In the, in the form, in the tradition of the Sikh tradition, and I am a Sikh, um, of course, I grew up in this lifestyle of Kundalini Yoga, but my guru is in the form of sound current, uh, is in the form of these teachings from the Sikh tradition, which come in the form of sound current. Um, there were 10 living masters that lived in India from the 15th century uh, through the 17th century, each of them sharing wisdom and many through the power of sacred chant and poem that was put to music. Um, and, and then the 10th guru, when it was time for him to leave his physical body, he said, I'm not appointing another human being uh, to carry this energy forward. And he put the guruship in this body of writings called the city guru grandson, uh, which is, um, I have, a, I have a copy of it in my home about 20 feet away from where I'm sitting and talking with you now. Mm. And I go to that every day and bow to that. And whenever I have any questions, I, I take a sacred reading from that. And there's a tradition. And it's when I, you know, I chant the chants from the Aquarian Sadhana. Uh, many are from the Sikh tradition. Um, and there are many sacred poems when I chant those sacred poems, I feel my guru, like, so strong. Um, and I think we're crazy. I don't, I don't think <laughs> humanity, humanity is not, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, um, you know, the, of course, there's the, the talk of the evolution and, and all of that. And, and, and it may be possible, but I don't really see it. Um, honestly. Mm. And I do feel that that sense of connection to sacred, to the divine, I don't care what it is, but I think that people need to and need to reach out to the divine. If it's Christian, then reach reach out to Jesus. If it's Islam, reach out to the spiritual energy of that faith and that tradition. Um, 
I think the time of, you know, window shopping is not going to really work so well. Sink into a path, go deep, find that connection and, and latch, latch on, hold on for dear life. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. And it, I don't think, uh, I think that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, I go deeply to my, my spiritual tradition uh, to maintain my sense of um, balance. You know, and these teachings of original light that I shared, that I shared with the world can be practiced from people, can be practiced by people from, from every walk of life, every tradition. Uh, and at the end, I, I recommend that people do uh, a way, uh, do a practice to connect with their spiritual tradition, pray, and take a sacred reading from the from the spiritual tradition of of their choice. Uh, of course, mine is the Sikh tradition, and it works. And there's a beautiful technology to that. Um, but uh, to me, it's it's yeah. You got the beautiful part though is in, in the Sikh tradition. There's a line that if you take one step towards the Guru. Now, and to me, is guru is is an energy and an entity that actually does the job. It's not enough for somebody to have a business card that says, "Hey, I'm 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 a guru," and you know that doesn't work for me. I think a guru is one who's going to bring you to that sense of liberation and and freedom of the soul of this lifetime and and, and every lifetime. But if you take one step towards the guru, that true guru and the guru takes a thousand steps towards you. Mm. And I happen time and time again, mm-hmm. um, my own day-to-day experience. The problem is remembering to take a step towards the guru. And then we have all of our Western uh, inhibitions. Well, I don't want to, uh, you know, follow somebody or something or, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, bottom line, it's just, uh, I feel like, um, pick a path, do your practice, and, and connect with the divine, whatever that may be. But yes, we do need the divine. Yes. We, we you know, sacred path, religion. I know religion gets a really bad rap. <laughs> but, you know, I think religion is important. The sacred mm-hmm. traditions of the, of the Islam path, of the Christian path, the Jewish path, whatever it is, um, pick one, go deep, and go for it. The time is now. I feel like we need it. Mm-hmm. The world is crazy. Mm-hmm. The world is crazy. Yeah, and I think, you know, there are people who have had some religious <laughs> trauma, and I think what you're yeah. pointing to, and and I love this when you say, you know, my guru is, is um, I, I'll just use the word shabda when you're talking about the sound current, that that that's, you know, it's different. It's even if you're not in a tradition or you don't have a teacher, I think relating to ourselves as as that, you know, that vibration or a soul or and so that going in to the guru could be going into our own, you know, divinity. And everybody can relate to that pretty much, you know, and people say, you know, this term, like, let's bring our whole selves to work, right? Like make it or, you know, in your business or in your life, are you being truly authentic? Well, part of of living an authentic 
life is recognizing that we are, as humans, also spiritual beings. And I think that that side of us, because it's not so practical and because it's not related to the mind and because it's so mystical and, you know, hard to put your finger on, it gets once again pushed away and not really valued or, or it's like an extra if I have time for it. But what you're saying is no, like you can't actually fully be a human being without this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we certainly can't survive in this world. Like you said, it's crazy. And honestly, this is the thing that has helped me the most as an entrepreneur when I was dialing up my when I was really working on my nervous system, the practices, not only in original light, but just in general of this kind of yoga have just been kind of the short path to, to, to reawakening, I would say that in me. Yeah. 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 They're beautiful tools and essential tools, I think for a time and for, for, for women to mm-hmm. live powered way for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think in this whole conversation, I want to really thank you for helping me remember that the power that I have as a woman is in holding that space of loving and nurturing those around me. And well, yeah, 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 but you can't do that unless you've nurtured yourself so you know you taking taking some extra time to breathe in the morning to to do yoga to practice that's a very uh, feminine way of nurturing yourself and then you're in a place that you have something to give of yeah I mean I was I was tapping into the energy of it you know just when you said it I just was like the energy of that not like whipping out the 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 meal on the table and hushing hurrying around and making it to the bank and then you know do, you know whatever you know that's yeah you know that you do you have to be in the right state in order to truly hold that container on an energetic level so i think yeah. that, that was a that was a bit of magic um for me and a great it, reminder yeah also for the nice conversations really Yes. That's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And we're definitely looking forward to uh, more of you as you step into that teacher role. And, um, and of course, the music always continues to inspire. So thank you so much. Satnam. Thank you. Satnam. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this Emerging Women podcast, please subscribe and review it on iTunes and share it with your friends. When you do, it makes a huge difference in spreading this work and building this movement so that women worldwide can access these incredible conversations, tap into their own emergence, and support the rise of women globally. Also, be sure to check out the Emerging Women membership community with live sessions every month hosted by inspiring female leaders and me, founder and CEO of Emerging Women, Chantal Pirat. The membership is a hub of resources and support, full of brilliant emerging women like you who are stepping into their growth and their leadership. 
you can join for free at EmergingWomen.com. Until next time, may your journey be inspired.